Hi, this is Rachel. You're listening to Excelsior, and I'm here to talk about neurofibromatosis. Boom. Hi, Rachel. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing okay. How Good. are you? Good. Enjoying this beautiful weather. I know. It's about time. I know. It's probably like the first spring day that we've had this year, really. I like know. Perfect spring day. My neighbor was mowing their lawn. Oh, is that great? It's yeah. a great feeling. <laughs> it is. And that smells good, too, mm-hmm. all that grass, the fresh grass. I love it. Um, well, I'm here with Rachel, who is going to talk about NF. It's NF Awareness Month um, mm-hmm. of May, which is um, a, a disease that I just learned about this year because I volunteered for your walk, mm-hmm. which... Or last September, sorry. Yep, in September, which Mm -hmm. was the first walk in Minnesota. Yes. Yep. They, I guess it's the first time they've kind of gotten everything back together again. It sounds like they had a network before, and then everything kind of fell apart, and then they kind of picked it up again. Okay. Um, Now, you say network before. What was that, like, like like a, a walk? They had it before, and then the... My impression is that, yes, I guess I want to say I remember that being discussed last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope I'm not making things up. Um, But it sounds like it's the first time they've really had kind of an established event recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it had been some years since that had happened before. So Cool. That's exciting. So tell me how you got involved with um, the event as a volunteer. So I have NF myself. And I was uh, looking for ways to get involved and volunteer and work with kids who have neurofibromatosis as well. And uh, I found the Children's Tumor Foundation, and I remembered them vaguely from growing up as a kid. They would be at symposiums, et cetera, that I would see at um, when I would go see my geneticists every year. And I uh, just wanted to get involved, so I reached out to the organization in general for volunteering, and then they went from there. Very cool. Um, now, tell me what. Uh, tell me about NF because you grew up with it, right? Yes. And it's a genetic like birth. You get it at birth. Is that right? Yes. Okay. It is a genetic condition. So I was a spontaneous mutation. Um, now I know they prefer other terminology just because mutation can have some more negative connotations Mm -hmm. and I forget exactly how they phrased it when I first uh talked to the individual who initially reached out to me but um so I was diagnosed when I was 18 months old and um my mom just noticed some different things and we were living in Canada at the time and getting into specialists and stuff like that was a little harder and so she just happened to see a magazine that was talking about birthmarks and something that's characteristic of neurofibromatosis is these uh, cafe au lait marks, which kind of look like, they look like a birthmark, but um, they're more common in individuals with NF. And so she uh, noticed they discussed cafe au lait marks in general and um, took that and kind of discovered what other, saw what other conditions could be under that. And she took that information and kind of ran with it and got back to the U.S. and went to specialists, and I had multiple scans, and I was diagnosed. Um, it causes neurofibromatosis is a condition that causes tumors to grow at nerve endings. So these nerve endings, obviously there are nerve endings all over your body, um, and they can um, kind of present in multiple different ways. They can um, 
be like around the spinal cord. I have one that's wrapped around my left ear. I have one above my right eye. And I had a surgery to remove the bulk of it as a or bulk of part of it at least. Um, and I now have a plate in my head because it was there since I was born. So the skull grew around it. Um, and these tumors can kind of ebb and flow. Some people are more affected than others. Um, I've noticed some of them kind of crop up, uh, like it's, they're kind of appear like within the skin and look like maybe a, not quite a zit, but they're just like a little, a little bump, but they're really squishy <laughs> like, and they don't, um, but some people can be a little more affected with that as well than others. Um, so it really, it really depends on how it manifests in each individual and it can cause, um, it can also be associated with some intellectual disabilities as well. Okay. Um, so it's really, it's really a broad, a broad, uh, yeah. broad diagnosis for sure. Yeah. So yeah, cause it's unique in different people. Like it, it shows up in different places. So each mm -hmm. person kind of has a different effect and stuff. Um, now what is the treatment for that? There really, so there really isn't one. Mm -hmm. They have recently come out with medications for those who are more severely affected by really aggressive tumor growth. And these have recently come out like within the last two, like five years. Um, so very recently, um, that there are medications that individuals who are really affected by it can take to help, uh, kind of pause or decrease that tumor growth mm -hmm. um, if they're very affected by it. But as a whole, once you have it, you have it. Yeah. Um, so you can treat the symptoms and uh, you follow up with primary, you follow up with your primary care physician. And if anything comes up, there's also specialists. You see a geneticist typically, um, depending on how severe your case is, determines how frequent you need to check up mm -hmm. with them. Uh, and then you also have intermittent imaging, typically MRI scans. And, um, and that's pretty much it. It's really more of a symptomatic treatment than anything else. Okay. Did you, do you have to, like growing up, did you have to go to the doctor a lot and get looked at on a regular basis? Yes. So yeah. I, um, as a kid, it's a little more frequent. Oh, I'm trying to remember. All this, I mean, I don't really remember a whole lot as like a top, like a young kid. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to the specialist for my MRIs, and I would, I would hate them because they would have to sedate me mm. because I was a little kid and I had to sit still for an hour and a half. Yeah, which is a hard task, no matter how old you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they would typically sedate me under general anesthesia, and I would get so so sick. Uh, from the general anesthesia and I would just be vomiting for like 24 hours straight and it was just a really miserable time and so when I was like seven I just decided enough's enough I am going to be like I'm just gonna sit still like just I can do it just I'll just sit still until that was the last time I was sedated for an MRI um, but it was yeah we would always see the doctors every year typically in the fall I would, depending on where I was at, I would go to the local children's hospital, or that was the regional children's hospital, I should say. Yeah. Um, typically, every major city has one. Yeah. And I would just go in for my daily checkup, or my yearly checkup. They do um, just check in, make sure there's no major changes, and then 
they there would typically be imaging and then they'd follow up with us later to let us know what that said and that was about it yeah so just a lot of appointments kind of for you and kind of mm-hmm. yeah and they typically um because nf uh again it's nerve endings so those nerve endings are everywhere in our body mm-hmm. and so there can be some things that can uh, appear on your eye or in within your eye and so we'd have to see the ophthalmologist pretty frequently as well um, and then you're also predisposed to and people with NF can be more predisposed to macular degeneration if I remember correctly okay I should have looked that up <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so, okay, so then how, how common is this? Did you have, like, did you have a group of people, did they, growing up, like, all these children have this and you guys can, like, bond and talk about it, or how did... Um, no, I never really had that. Okay. Um, so it's a fairly, they say it's the most common disease you've never heard of, so it occurs <laughs> in about one in every three to 4,000 births. Oh, wow. So there's several people within the Twin Cities area who have NF. Yeah. Um, and again, because it can have such a wide spectrum of how people are affected, some people never know that they have NF. Oh, wow. Um, because really? it can just be really mild and, you know, you could just not know. Wow. Um, so, and then people find out later, maybe they have a child who has NF and then through genetic testing, they discover that they have NF as oh. well. Um, so it can be, um, something that a lot of people may go through their entire life without ever discovering it's something that they have. Um, so growing up, I didn't, there was one, I lived in a small town in Northern Wisconsin. So there were oh. 4,000 people there. Oh. Um, pretty small and there was one other person there who had enough oh. but he was my brother's age so he was like eight years older than me so I'm yeah. the last person he wanted to talk to <laughs> um so I like never talked to them I know my mom would speak to his mother um occasionally and just mm-hmm. like discussing various things that she might be experiencing or that he might have been experiencing yeah. but uh after that the most I've ever discovered or talked to people who have enough are people that I've interacted with through CTF um, and through the volunteering. And then also occasionally, uh, I'm a nurse and I used to work at Children's. I still work there casually in the ER. And so I would come across, like I would treat patients or check patients in who have neurofibromatosis. And I'll kind of like log it back in the the back of my mind because I didn't want to be some like weirdo who just popped on and was like, hey, I have NF2 yeah. as well. <laughs> um, so, cause it's kind like of the kids want to hear that, though. I think they do. And I, I try and find a way to bring it up more organically, though, just yeah. because I don't want it to seem like I'm like, even though it's pertinent for me to know their medical history, I, it's just kind of a weird, I feel Intrusive. like it's kind of skirting. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of skirting that line where, like, if it comes up organically, great mm-hmm. um but I'm not gonna just pop in and like when I check him in or something like that be yeah. like hey I have NF as well yeah. um but I do I also think it's really important to know that NF exists within our community and you can have and sometimes it can kind of feel like depending on how you're affected and when you are so like different sometimes than someone else it can kind of that future you're like knowing that you can what you can achieve can kind of get a little foggy yeah and so meeting people who 
are in careers that maybe you're interested in or just like running into people in a like a professional setting I feel like can be kind of comforting to know that there's anything is possible yeah do you um think that growing up with NF and then kind of going in and out of the doctors a lot um pushed you to do what you're doing now as a nurse I definitely think it had a part in it I was I'm in the hospital's not yeah. an uncomfortable place for me to be. It never really yeah. has been. And I, my dad also got really sick when I was a kid too, so that kind of impacted it as well. But I, it's always just been, I feel like a lot of people say nurses are called to what they do, and I feel like I kind of was as well, and I really think that my medical history is really what pushed me into that. Yeah, that's awesome. And now you can help people like everyone helped yeah. you, and that's so great. Yeah, I, I really love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and you're, because you're, you're what? Are you, like, in your 30s? I turned 30 in December. Okay. I mean, you look young. Yeah. Don't, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get stuff. No, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I love that. So you, how long have you been a nurse? I graduated in 2014. So okay. I've been a nurse for coming up on eight years now. Awesome. Do you love it? I do. That's so great. I do. I'm exploring different facets of nursing as well. Um, So now I used to work in the ER. That was the bulk of my career. I was working in the ER setting, which I absolutely love. I love the adrenaline and never knowing what's coming in. Uh, Oh, really? I do. Oh, man. I feel like I've never (laughs) heard anyone say that. Yeah. (laughs) I I love it. And it's weird to say, but I do. Like, I, I love... Like, I love trauma, which is, sounds really, like, bad. Because <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I don't will it upon anyone. Yeah. But I love being a part of the solution. Because or you, the recovery. You, f- you feel like you work in that environment well. Where you I do. can be like, yeah. all right, let's figure this out. Let's help them yeah. now. You have to be quick on your feet and yeah. have a good understanding of a lot of different facets of nursing to kind of take care of each patient because everyone comes in with different histories. Oh, wow. and sometimes you're treating kids who have really complex histories. Um, and so there's a lot that kind of goes into that. Uh, but it's always, you know, it's always a, a lot of fun. Sometimes really stressful, but it's a good, it's our team that we work with at Children's is really great. So you're kind of, you're kind of um, a unicorn in that sense. Yeah. Like I don't think there's many people who can handle that. It's definitely uh, not for everyone. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome that that you're in that career and that you're able to do that because yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, is it rewarding, too, being able to? It is. There are a lot of really wonderful moments, um, and they kind of pull you through the really dark ones that, come, that you mm-hmm. come across. Um, and so it makes, it makes up for all those times. Mm-hmm. But it can be really taxing, so I... Um, Last year, in March, I decided to kind of change a little bit, mm-hmm. and so I became a trauma coordinator, which means I'm not really on the bedside anymore. I'm not at the bedside anymore, and I'm more so reviewing charts and making sure that the trauma care was appropriate. But I'm still dealing with trauma, so oh, I just cool. live vicariously through yeah. the nurses. <laughs> oh, you got to get back in there. Is yeah. that kind of what you want? Well, I work casually at Children's still. Okay, so yeah, so that's a lot. I still get that about, I work one eight-hour shift a week, and then I typically throw in four hours on the weekends. Yeah. And so I I, I still get my fill, but I, I'm in grad school to be a nurse, like in, in nursing leadership or a nurse oh, manager. Cool. So 
Whoa. that's ultimately the goal. So I'll be moving away from the bedside in the long term, but I'm still getting that like fixed, I guess, or yeah. keeping that skill set fresh. That's uh, awesome. While I while I achieve that, that is so awesome. Um, I think was it l- last Thursday was like Nurse Appreciation Day. I feel like this is. Excuse me, this is Nurse Appreciation, I think it's Nurse Appreciation Month. Oh, yeah, there we go. Nursing Week is, what, I I forget. I don't, now that I'm kind of, like, out of the realm, I forget what, I think it might be later in the month. Or it's this week. You better I know, know what your appreciation <laughs> days are, girl. <laughs> no, I, I don't think even every remember. day should be appreciation day. <laughs> yeah, Hold on, I'm going to grab my coffee. Hold on, sorry. I left it on the other side of the room. Um, well, yeah, no, I appreciate nurses. I think they're amazing. Like, they do so much, you know? Nurses, yeah. teachers, all of mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but Most definitely. So, so the NF walk this year, um, it went pretty well, didn't it? This last month, yes. We raised over $50,000, I believe. Or we approached 50000 I think we raised over 50000 Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, where does the, all that money go, then? So it's donated to the Children's Tumor Foundation for research and development of medications and just other fundraising efforts within the Children's Tumor Foundation. Exactly how it's allocated, I don't entirely know without checking in with um, within leadership. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's sure. most oh, like the bulk of it is for research, research for yeah. discovering. Even though it's not something you can exactly cure, maybe, I guess maybe you can. We don't know, right? We don't know yet. But finding a cure and researching uh, how to better treat the the condition itself. That's awesome. Is it kind of cool to um, get together with people who also, like like you said, you didn't really know a lot of people growing up, Mm -hmm. um, but then with these walks, you can, like, meet other people and Mm -hmm. share stories. Like, did you get a chance to do that? Or because I... You're pretty busy though, doing a lot of other things. Yeah, I was, I was in <laughs> charge of the around. silent auction. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's um, most of the time we've recently kind of had these like, happy hours, um, that uh, have been really nice to kind of on a network or just meet more of the people involved, whether they're directly involved in the walk or kind of more of an ancillary team member. Um, but it's it's really nice to be involved in a part, like be able to connect with people who've been through similar similar situations. Um, because it's, I mean, not everybody is super comfortable like, going to the hospital and seeing specialists and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it's it's nice to meet people who have had similar experiences, potentially have had similar experiences, and you kind of connect together on a different level. Um, so it has been really nice to meet some of those individuals. I haven't really expanded uh, beyond kind of these monthly meetings mm-hmm. um, at this point in time, but uh, I'd be totally happy to do that in the future, though. It'd be, it's nice to know people who, I don't, don't want to say like who are like you, because I, I feel like, I don't know how, I don't know if that's the right phrasing, but I don't know, it's just different meeting people who have that, you have a different connection. I would imagine you would. Mm-hmm. Because um, especially, like, of course, I haven't, I don't know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have it. But 
um, just being a child, like, mm-hmm. and being like, no one in my class has this but me. Mm-hmm. And then being able to meet people and like be like, mm-hmm. everything's gonna be fine. Like, yep. this is my experience. There's mm-hmm. hope or whatever, you know? Because yeah, it's absolutely. probably really scary as mm-hmm. a child to know that yeah. you're a little, like, you had something that no one else had or something. I don't know, was yeah. it? It could, um, it could, at times it could be. You're probably a happy kid. You're just like, whatever. <laughs> typically I was. I mean, it, it typically didn't, everyone just kind of knew that it was a part of me, I guess. Yeah. Um, and those people who I were really, who I was really close with, uh, they always knew that that was my past. Um, so there was always that understanding, and they were always very supportive and encouraging. And my teachers knew because I would sometimes have to be out of school or mm-hmm. I had special accommodations um, for testing and stuff like that. So I. Yeah, it, it's always, like, you always feel a little different, but um, it, it never really, I was very blessed to never really experience any sort of bullying or anything like that for That's how good. I looked, because I do look different with my eye being a little more swollen and, like, quite droopy, but <laughs> it's just a little different, and so and people notice, and, you know, they say things, and I've kind of developed this like thicker outer it used to affect me more and now when people ask me even while I'm at work sometimes parents ask me or kids will ask me what's wrong with my eye I'm like oh it's a tumor (laughs) like I just kind of let it I let it go I stopped letting it affect me as much and use it as an opportunity to educate and teach others that it's okay to be different it's okay to look different and by the way I just have to say you're gorgeous (laughs) you're like I mean you your eye is not that big of a deal (laughs) you still have like these beautiful eyes yeah (laughs) So, um, thanks. But it's, um, yeah, it's, I feel like it, I don't know, it can be so isolating. It's easy to feel isolated. Yeah. But, uh, as I've grown up and just kind of accepted and embraced who I am, I just kind of say, I don't know, like, let's, let's make the best of it. And teach, especially as a kid, I feel like knowing that, it's okay to be different and mm-hmm. especially since bullying is so present in with social media and everything and I see a lot of kids who are affected by it who come in for mm-hmm. for those reasons for mental health reasons uh, that are related to that and it gets it's just so heartbreaking and, and I think it's important to just try and educate as much as possible in terms of accepting who you are and accepting that other people are different and that's okay yeah and it really does not need to affect you at all right (laughs) but I mean kids will probably bully no matter what it's always anything you know it's just and yeah and and I know it, it must be really hard people I feel like a lot of people are um, don't think before they say anything. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, what's wrong with you? You look a little different. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or like, what's that? Or like, yeah. yeah. So I bet mm-hmm. it can be annoying. But I don't think anybody means harm adults, yeah. at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely not. And I, like, as I remember, this was a couple years ago now. I think before I kind of, it, I was still kind of accepting everything. And, um and I was at the grocery store, and it was before COVID because they had samples out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no one was wearing masks. Oh, my gosh. Um, but they, it was, I was at Hy-Vee, and they had samples out, and this woman's like, oh, what happened? Like, what's wrong with your eye? And the woman who was handing out samples, and I'm like, 
it's just the way I am. And then I remember I called my mom and I uh. was kind of like crying in the in the freezer section. Oh my god! <laughs> and then my mom's like, I'm sure she didn't mean anything by it. I'm like, I know, I know she didn't mean anything by it, but I just would never ask someone no that. never I would never ask someone that like just off the cuff like someone who is maybe like I mean never I would never ask someone that no I wouldn't either that's <laughs> really weird and also that there might be something wrong with them I know because normal people don't do that I know it's <laughs> it was it was it was a like a tough little moment tough little moment but I yeah. I talked to my mom and I was it was fine. It was all good. And yeah. I just went about my grocery shopping, went home. Ugh. And then I, that was kind of what tipped the scales and just, like, let's just embrace, excuse me, who I am mm-hmm. and use it as an opera, like, use those questions not as a personal attack because yeah. 99.9% of the time it is not one. And mm-hmm. it is more uh, coming from an area of concern and curiosity. And so... Use it as an opportunity to educate. Yeah, it's and that's, it is true. People just um, they don't think before they speak sometimes, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's a thing to getting older. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be thirty, or you are. I I am thirty. You yeah. just turned thirty. Okay, just, yeah. so I feel like in your thirties, mm-hmm. you start to just not care mm-hmm. more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like the older you yeah. get, you care less, and it's yeah. kind of great. Like that's the it best is. part of it. Is it's uh, it's <laughs> awesome. Older. Now, yeah, now it's just like I could give. Yeah, I could give a hoot. Like I don't right? care like, I know <laughs> like, it just doesn't matter. Like there's so many more important things, and mm-hmm. um. And it it is nice that, like, if you can take that and, like, be a role model for other people, too, Mm -hmm. you know, who have it and stuff. So, um, yeah, I was going to – okay, so so there's different types of NF, right? Yeah. So I know you don't know – you're saying – because you're – what are you, two? I'm NF1. Oh, NF1. Okay. So tell me what that is. Okay. So I'm going to have to, like, <laughs> As much as you can. Memory. I know. You don't So there's <laughs> NF type 1 and NF type 2. NF type 1 is the most common. Um, and they both have the same general, like, diagnosis. They cause tumors to grow, grow out nerve endings. NF type 2, as I remember, and again, please don't help me. <laughs> um, as I remember, it is it affects more of the ear. Okay. So people can have, um, I think you can run into deafness or hear be affected um, by loss of hearing okay. more frequently than someone with NF type 1. Okay. And I think that's the big difference. The big difference. So and then, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so with NF, now, this may be like, I'm. I know nothing, so... When you get tumors, is that can they like grow throughout your life? Like you get like mm-hmm. new ones, and so do you regularly have to get them removed then, or how does that work? So it depends on where they are and uh, if they're really affecting you. So I had this one removed kind of for or the one above my right eye, removed kind of for aesthetic reasons, mm-hmm. but also because um, the swelling on the because it's kind of on the uh, outside of my eye, mm-hmm. 
um, it can affect my peripheral vision. And oh, so yeah. that's how we justified it to insurance. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it also, like, there were various reasons for removing it as well in addition to that. But it was more so, like, kind of aesthetic purposes. Sure. Um, but some people can have a lot of pain with them um, because, again, they're around a nerve ending. So they can kind of, and they kind of, the way... I understand it. They're really hard to remove because they just, it's like you're, pull, it's kind of like pulling at, uh, trying to get a, one singular noodle out of a bowl of noodles. Mm. And so you keep pulling at it, but it could break off. And then, you know, you keep trying to get that, keep trying to get it and it just keeps kind of pulling away or breaking. And so it's really hard to do because it kind of has this like network of tentacles almost. Yeah. Um, and so it can be hard to get the entire tumor. Wow. And then that can make it more prone to regrowth as oh, well wow. because they just can't get it all. Um, and with this one, and because they are so fibrous, they just, like, wrap themselves. And so this one, because they can't really go all in because it's wrapped around my optic nerve. Oh, wow. So Now, does that get bigger over time, or do you have to... It can. Okay. It can. So that that kind of... I need to know, I need to look into, and I think there's still more research going on, depending on, like, with pregnancy and stuff like that, because of the increase in hormones, some people may experience more, um, more growths, like more tumor growths or growth within a tumor that you may already have. Um, and I don't know if there's a lot of research out, but like with menopause, I don't know how that could affect it too, because of course those are like big times where hormones are going crazy besides puberty yeah and so um I'm not sure how that will all kind of balance out and that's those are things that of course I'll discuss with um my doctor when that time comes but yeah um really there's not a whole lot of it just depends on each person on how it kind of on how your typical or how your I guess the type of NF you have and then how severe it is, how it kind of manifests over time. And some people may have more tumor removals than others. Interesting. So with the nerve pain, because nerves kind of connect all over, so say mm -hmm. like you have a tumor somewhere um, and up on the upper part of your body, would you, do some people have like pain like down like their legs and all over? Yeah, so some people... Um, some people are really affected by chronic pain with mm -hmm. NF. I am not um, at this point in time. Good. But some people are really affected by it. I know there was someone, I had just graduated college, and I was um, working on the floor at a hospital in South Dakota, and someone from Nutrition Services who was dropping off a tray came up to me, and she said, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, and I don't want this to sound... Um, out of place, but do you have neurofibromatosis? And I said, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and she said, oh, my daughter has it. And um, I, her daughter, it sounds like, was pretty severely affected, had a lot of, had a lot of pain, a lot of chronic oh, pain, wow. um, and some other issues as well. And so she and I would kind of touch base, and when she would drop trays off, if I was on the floor or if I went down to grab lunch, we would see each other and yeah. always kind of wave and have just kind of like a touch-based conversation. Um, but that was 
that just kind of is an example of someone who's maybe more severely affected than yeah. even though we have the same diagnosis it's it can have a really wide yeah a, a wide rate of how much our rate or I can't choose the right words, array, but yeah. a wide array of how you are affected. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And yeah, I guess that's something I noticed too, um, doing the walk and the mm-hmm. photos, just talking to people and seeing like different ways it affected them. It is completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, because they're like tumors and aren't they kind of like random, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's crazy. Um, does anybody lose their um, ability to like walk very well? Um, I know some people can end up having to, like, due to pain and other complications, they may end up having um, to have an amputation. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely uncommon. Um, so that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think it, it all just kind of depends on how, again, how it's kind of manifesting within the person and what they're able to tolerate. Um, but it's definitely a possibility. Man, that that was mm-hmm. ugh, amputation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, what kind of medication do you do you take any? For any I medication? am not on any medication. Yay! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and they're the ones that are out are brand new. So I could have been a part. I think they were doing. I think they're they're in when I this was like two years ago mm-hmm. when it was presented as an option for me they were still kind of in some clinical trials or in the early rollout of the medication itself mm-hmm. and it's pretty expensive um, now hopefully ideally it would be covered pretty well by insurance mm-hmm. um, but that is that's a new medication that I think there are two of them and I do not know the names of them. Sure. What do what do they do? Like are they for for pain or for like growth slowing or they slow the growth they're supposed to slow the growth of tumors. Okay. So to qualify for the study and I think to qualify some t- like in the early part of the rollout I think some individuals have the opportunity to not pay as much too. Hmm. Or have the medication covered by the company itself. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to, based on my understanding at the time, uh, it is supposed to uh, help decrease the rate of growth of okay. the tumor. And to qualify, you had to have a certain growth of tumor. Like sure. you had to, you had to meet uh, some baseline qualifications of like you had to have this amount. Like it needed to be more aggressive growth mm. in order to qualify. Okay. And so there was question on whether or not I would qualify, just because. Sure. I'm, I don't have as many as well, awesome. some other people do. So, yeah. yeah. Um, wouldn't, I feel like, cause, cause it's not like a guarantee. It's like a trial kind mm-hmm. of thing. So doesn't that kind of freak you out a little bit or would you be like, eh. I would be honestly, I'd be totally down to try oh. it. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's, it's worth a shot. Um, yeah. I think it would probably be a better pursuit to, implement it on someone who is more severely affected and has more severe growth than I do. So that's why I chose not to do it just because I don't have as much, I don't have as much going on. So I don't know how effective I would be as a candidate. Sure. Um, just because of that. Sure. Um, that's awesome. And, um, I guess I don't, I guess I'm going back to the nerve pain thing. Is there any sort of medication that they give people who have a lot of nerve pain, do you know? Well, there's a lot of 
there are a lot of medications that can treat nerve pain more effectively than like going for like an opioid. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. there's gabapentin that treats nerve pain. Um, I don't know all of the details or what the typical pain treatment plan is. There's specialists within nursing and physicians as well that are like their specialty is pain and treating mm-hmm. pain. And I'm sure there's probably some protocols that are in place for someone with NF mm-hmm. on how to approach their pain and different um, medications that can work in conjunction with each other to help treat it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what those all look like, uh, but there are medications that can treat nerve pain specifically. And then, of course, you have other pain medications as well that fall under like the opioid category or a whole variety of stuff. Yeah. Um, I would imagine they're staying more away from the opioid. I would imagine. Everything going on with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I would guess some people may, quote, graduate into that type of regimen depending on how things are going for them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I would. I would like to stay away from them, like, if I was in that position myself. Oh, yeah. I think everybody yeah. should. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, it's a scary mm-hmm. drug. Mm-hmm. Um, do they ever talk about, like, um, like THC or medical marijuana for any of the pains? You know, it's, I want to say, in our last happy hour with the walk, I don't know if I'm fabricating this. I want to say somebody maybe mentioned that, mm-hmm. but it is, I think it's a great mm-hmm. avenue for pain relief. I know yeah. a lot of patients, a lot of cancer patients mm-hmm. use it, and um, there are patients who, like in the hospital, who get it. Now, that's not something that nursing staff can administer. It has to be the parents that administer it just because I'm sure it's a legal nightmare. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so because of that, the yeah. parents, they can totally have it, and we keep it locked, and we give it to the parents to administer to the patient uh, just because nursing staff can't have any part in it. Mm. Um, just, yeah, I'm sure wait. there's a whole oh, thing. Wait, nursing staff can't? Nursing staff cannot. We are not allowed to touch it. Oh, why? I think because it's... I, I would assume just the le- for legal reasons. Oh. I'm not entirely, mm-hmm. since it's not legal in the U.S., even mm-hmm. though the person has a prescription for it, um, I, I don't know all the specifics, but I remember they, like, drove that yeah. home okay. when we were in um, orientation. And I, I would assume it's probably a legal nightmare, and they just kind of did. I'm sure there's probably caveats, perhaps, but mm. I everything and they're just like just don't touch it oh my goodness (laughs) so parents can administer it and so the child still gets it um but it's definitely and that's that's within the pediatric world i don't know about the adult world yeah and different hospitals have different protocols i'm sure um interesting okay so the parents can administer Mm -hmm. but the nurses can't gosh that's so confusing um we're talking and this is just like medical like this is just THC. Yeah. yeah this is. Is it like how does it marijuana. come? I have no idea. I've never. Because you never got to see in it in the ER. Yeah, in the it's, ER we don't really like, see it. It's more common to find it in patients who maybe have a really chronic medical history. Sure. Or like seizures, right? Isn't that? A, it can, I think it, it can be used for seizures, and then uh, the most common I would say is probably a cancer patient. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think the the floor like we don't typically we don't have patients long enough to even yeah. like have that be. A concern. So now we're holding more patients longer than ever. 
due to staffing. But wow. oh, um, oh, that's oh no. a whole separate other story. Oh wait, I um, want to get into that yeah. too. What? <laughs> staffing is no fun right now. Why is that? Uh, well, this whole myriad of reasons. A lot of people are feeling very disenchanted just with how everything's kind of manifested within the medical field. I like in the last two years especially. Uh-huh. I feel people can be like people have been more rude or short-tempered than ever before just with how polarized people can be with their approach to covid wearing masks um like vaccinating all that jazz and so it can a lot kind of manifest in people being really rude to medical staff um, there's been more assaults than ever on medical staff, on nursing staff, physicians. Oh, what? No, that's EMTs. terrible. You guys yeah. are the front line. You're supposed to be the thing that people yeah. um, feel safe and treating well. Yeah, it's it's tough. And, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was really understanding. And, the, you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, you guys are doing great. And then it's interesting to see. And then I kind of left for a good about, like, five months mm-hmm in 2021 and then I came back late summer and even that few little that little stint away Mm -hmm. it was people are just a little different they're more short-tempered they're not as approachable or like as sometimes they can just be a little more terse yeah more frequently so I haven't run into I haven't personally seen um, or experienced more violence Excuse me. Towards myself, my Diet Coke. No, um, I, the bubbly is always making me burp. It's totally fine. Um, and I haven't personally experienced a whole lot of that, but I okay. know um, in general, as a whole, across, mm-hmm. you know, in hospital settings across the nation, there has been an uptick in violence. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, like, on airplanes, people violence. are having oh, a whole oh. lot of, I mean, you, you see it on social media all yeah. the time, people being really nasty. Um, and that kind of applies to a lot of different settings too. So, yeah. and because of that, I feel like a lot of people are very disenchanted with being at the bedside. And then sometimes like I f- the pandemic made staffing really difficult because we had no patients and then we started getting more patients. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of had to figure out how to staff and there were layoffs and things just, it just got really complicated really fast. Yeah. And then the pandemic was really taxing and People are just kind of over it. So they're leaving their jobs here, moving to different aspects of nursing, or they're leaving the field entirely and moving on to different opportunities. And as a result, our staffing is suffering. It's getting a little better. Um, But because they don't have enough staff upstairs, we don't have any, like we don't have any rooms to put these patients in. So then we have to hold them in the ER until there are beds available or staff that's available to take these patients. So then we're holding on to patients longer in the ER, which means we have fewer rooms available to see patients with. And then that means longer waits. Mm. So That makes me sad. And more frustrated parents. So let's boil this down for a little message to everybody. Be nice. <laughs> because if... We're trying. You're dr- like, I mean, I mean the general people. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are nice. You guys no. are super nice. Like, you put your you put your life on the line for other people. Um, but, like, 
everyday people should just be nice to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> because you can yeah. really create problems that way. It can be tough. And, like, I totally get being in the hospital is really difficult. It's, yeah. you're feeling, you may be feeling really sick. You're concerned about your child who's feeling sick. And then you're having to wait sometimes three, four, five, six hours um, to get back to a room. And so that is entirely frustrating. You're in an uncomfortable waiting room. There's yeah. kids screaming, crying running around like mm -hmm. it's a stressful environment no yeah. one wants to be in the hospital no and so I totally get the frustration and the exhaustion that comes being in a hospital setting yeah um but, but it's so it. tough like you're our hands are tied yeah you're responsible for your own actions mm -hmm. when it comes down to it like no matter how frustrating it is like mm -hmm. acting out is not gonna mm -hmm. help anyone in fact no. it's gonna drive people away because Nurses and doctors mm -hmm. have a choice to mm -hmm. be in that career, and they mm -hmm. can walk away. Yep. But, yeah, um, oh, that's crazy. It's so interesting to think that, like, people are changing careers from being, mm -hmm. like, a nurse and stuff. Because I, I hear that everywhere. Like, what are people doing now? I have now? no idea. Because, like... They call the, it the great resignation, right? And I have yeah. no idea where these people are going. Yeah, where are they going? What's the perfect <laughs> job? Because I, I would... Know. Oh, I... Maybe it's real estate. <laughs> I yeah. feel like every there's more real estate agents now than there are houses for sale. Oh, that's funny. So I wonder if that's where everyone's going. Because maybe because even um, I'm also a bartender, and mm -hmm. in the service industry, it's hard to staff mm -hmm. because they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna not be in the service industry anymore. I'm gonna go do something else." Mm -hmm. So, but then it's like teachers too they're like oh I'm gonna not be a teacher yeah. and I'm like where is everybody going I see <laughs> I see nursing staff or and like teachers leaving the job leaving their jobs yeah and I mean that's heartbreaking because teachers are so important they're that, so incredibly important and undervalued that is heartbreaking and yes. I don't I don't know where they're going I but know. I wish them the best but it's tough. It makes me nervous if I ever have kids. Like, I know there's always going to be teachers. There's always going to be people who yeah. want to be teachers. But it's just kind of tough. Like, I hear, I watch a lot of TikTok. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do, too. It's fun. <laughs> it's addictive. <laughs> and I follow a lot of teachers on there who kind of talk about these stories that they experience. And, again, it's sounds really similar to like being a nurse parents who come in who maybe are more entitled and mm -hmm. like you have a lot of these situations that you run into in any service industry which I think I would kind of like teachers and nursing staff anybody in like the direct service industry like being a bartender or a waitress or a waiter or a server I should say mm -hmm. um I feel like you all like all those professions kind of have a service aspect to them just with how we're like how close we are dealing with the parent or the child or the child or yeah. whomever, and um, I feel like it's I mean everyone who's been in like who's kind of working in that field is having a really hard time lately in the last two years. It's just been like this switch that flipped. I mean I'm gonna say more you guys than over at the bars and restaurants <laughs> because we're entertainment. Like to be honest, <laughs> you guys actually have to deal with more, and I feel for you. Like, that's great. Like, the, I, I do think that people are taking it out on those, you know, mm -hmm. the teachers and the, you know, the nurses and the doctors. You know, maybe more nurses. You deal with them more, right? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Little nurses bit. and yeah. teachers, I would say. It's just like, oh, gosh, just like we're all in the same boat mm -hmm. here, you know? Like, yeah. you guys are the ones that I feel like need to be treated the best right now because... 
you guys are doing it. You guys are, you're doing it. <laughs> like, you did it all through COVID and stuff. Do you think people are um, quitting the medical industry because they're scared of being that close to all these sick people? I, I don't think that's as big of a reason. There's certain, I would imagine there's probably a component of that. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would say most of it is just due to being, like, maybe frustrations with the hospital they may be working at itself or the people that they work with or the patient, you know, the mm-hmm. patient population, how they're being treated. I think it's a whole, it's a wide gamut mm-hmm. of factors, but I think fear, not so much. I, know, I remember being nervous, but I, and I, I still just like powered through. Yeah. How was it for you um, in 2020 when it was like really shut down and like the beginning of everything? It was really interesting because we didn't, I mean, our typical patient volumes were anywhere between like 120 patients a day. It is sometimes up to 200. Mm-hmm. That would be a really busy day. Um, and we were seeing, I remember one, one day we saw 24 patients in a day. And that, I mean, that's like nothing. That is literally, it's, I mean, that's like so dead. 24? 24 an entire day. What? Because nobody was going out. And this was before oh. it had really like hit us. And Minneapolis wasn't, at least like ch- in the children's hospital, we weren't ever, like we weren't as severely affected as oh, like yeah. a New York or something mm-hmm. like that. And especially children didn't really get hit that hard, right? Not not particularly. I mean, it. I think more so children were more asymptomatic okay. than their parents. I think the like they could still be affected. They could still most certainly get it, okay. but they were more commonly asymptomatic than adults were. Okay, but it um, then things kind of started to pick up a bit but our volumes were still really low. Mm-hmm. And so then we had layoffs and oh wow. It was our furloughs and it was a very stressful time. Um and yeah. when I thought, "Oh, I'm in a pandemic. I'm a nurse. I'll be fine. Like, it'll be great. Oh, of course wow. I'll have a job." And I almost like I was thanks to the union. They were a little more limited in how they could approach letting people go, so we were a little more protected. Um, than not having a union, but we still, there were still some individuals who were laid off, um, or put on like a leave of absence or furloughed. So interesting. This is blowing my mind. And so it was kind of like, I thankfully had enough seniority that that wasn't a threat for me, but I was like just a few up from the bottom because some of those nurses who I was working with had been there for a really long time and have like thousands and thousands of seniority hours yeah (laughs) so and I didn't but um yeah it was interesting time that's so crazy I would have had no idea Mm -hmm. like you always read like oh we're so busy Mm -hmm. there's so much going on hospitals and yeah doctors Mm -hmm. are busy crazy Mm -hmm. but you kept you worked through it you didn't get furloughed or no I worked through it yeah I was I survived and thankfully, I was a high enough, because like, you can work a variety of points. Mm-hmm. Like a 1.0 is full-time, so 40 hours a week. And then there's step-downs after that. So I was a point nine, meaning I worked three twelves a week. Oh, wow. And so I, 
thankfully got to work my 312s and awesome. survive. That's awesome. <laughs> Which I was very grateful for. Well, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Um, wow, it just seems like it's already 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, like, it, it feels like it flies by, mm-hmm. but it's still going on and it's changing and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, did you get COVID? Not that I'm aware of. What? Whoa. I mean, I, if I did get it, I was asymptomatic. You're the first that I've met yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I've, yeah. I feel like I've, everybody I've asked is To like, my oh, knowledge, yeah. I, I did not get it. Good for you. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. And you're working in the hospitals. Yeah. And- um, I did. I mean, I got the COVID vaccine. I'm, I got my COVID vaccine and I got my booster. Mm-hmm. So... Did those make you sick at all when you got them? The first one, um, I got my first one at the end of December of 2020. And I was, I felt really tired. Okay. After that one, I was just super, super tired. And then the second one, I wasn't as tired and I really didn't have any other symptoms. And then my third one, I felt like I just felt like... 80%, 85%. 80%, 85%. I was like, why am I kind of like achy? And I just, yeah, like, I just don't feel great. And then I'm, I didn't know why. And then it just hit me at work. I'm like, oh yeah, I got my vaccine yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. Yeah. <laughs> but I really didn't get that sick. Oh, good. Well, good. At all. So yeah. That's awesome. You have a good immune system. It's working with those kids. I know. I bet. I oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to work in a preschool. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a great way to build your immune system. <laughs> Just really, really build it strong. Yeah. I was gone for, like, four months from working in pediatrics to, like, being in, like, an office job, and I went back. Just because my primary job is only four days a week. So I'm like, oh, let's just go back to children's. And then I can keep my foot in the door in two places when I graduate. And I... <laughs> I got so sick. I got sick like three times after I went back. Oh my gosh! Right, with colds, it. and I, oh, yeah. I like kept testing myself. I'm like, oh, I can't have COVID, and I never had COVID. No, like it was not COVID. It was just colds. Kids carry the worst colds. They do. Oh. They do. They are so gross. Ugh. And I did not get as sick as often, um, because we were all wearing masks now all the oh, time. Yeah. But still. Yeah. They sometimes, like, when you're least expecting it and you don't have your, like, eye protection on, they, like, yeah. cough, like, right in your eye. Uh, I, I've literally, on multiple occasions, literally felt spit hit my eyeball. Ugh, uh, those <laughs> kids. They're so <laughs> gross. I'm like, ugh. They're so cute, but ugh, they're so I'm gonna gross. going to be six, seven to ten days from now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And no, you can just, like, gauge it. You're like, uh, like I, uh, knew, uh, I knew it was you. River, I don't know. Yeah, whomever it is. <laughs> I don't know kids' names now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So you must really like kids, too, then. I do. I yeah. do like kids. And dogs. You have the cutest dog. Yes. Uh, what was your dog's name? His name is Mamba. He's yeah. a great Dane. And you bring him to, or you brought him to the walk. I did. Yep. Oh, I love oh, great he's, Danes. He's, uh, he's a big sweetie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I'm a dog person, obviously. Yeah. How old is your dog? He just turned two um, at the end of December. Oh, little baby. Mm -hmm. I love it. He's got a, yeah, he's got a very big, wrinkly, sad face. (laughs) He's so cute. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, Now you plan on, so you guys, how often do you guys do meetings and stuff? Monthly. We do meetings meetings. monthly. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Um, 
So the only thing that you guys really do big once a year is the walk. Is that mm-hmm. right? Okay, so you guys don't do anything else, like have booths at different events or anything? or No. Bring awareness? Okay. Nope. Cool. And then how do you raise money, um, like... How should, because maybe you can send me links where people can donate um, from the podcast yes. and stuff. So I can certainly send you links. Um, the You could go to the Children's Tumor Foundation walk site, the Shine a Light walk from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I forget how it's generalized, but it's the Shine a Light walk. And um, I think you can, like, you could pick a team Mm -hmm. to donate to or that should have a general um a general platform for donating as well um there's also i mean i'm trying to i think that should that should be that should be it um now you can the children's tumor foundation will have options i think for donating at least on that site for the specific minneapolis walk and then there may be just the general children's tumor foundation okay. donation as well and then for the teams that's is it like kind of like um just like a fun competition t- for you guys to see who raised the most money and stuff i think it's very low-key like, yeah it's really not stressed at all yeah the big thing is just trying to you know, trying to raise as much yeah. as possible Wherever, whenever um, do you have a team though that we should i do my family my family is the team cute i love it so we all my brother i have a brother here and i have a brother in houston so um we all we were a team last year and fun and they all come out for it um, my brother in Houston wasn't able to, but okay. um, they attended virtually and oh, in fun. spirit. Um, and then my other brother did come, and my parents were there as well. Awesome. Uh, and where in Wisconsin are you from? You said a small town north. Yes. Yeah, so, I I mean, I'm kind of from all over because I lived a lot of different places. Oh, cool. Um, so, elementary school was in Ladysmith, Wisconsin. Ladysmith. I feel like I've heard of that. It's north. East of Eau Claire. Okay. Did you like it there? I like Wisconsin. It was, I mean, I do like Wisconsin. I consider myself a Wisconsinite since that's where I was kind of like fostered. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As a seedling or whatever. Um, But uh, I I did like Wisconsin. I prefer a larger city. Yeah, for sure. So I really liked, I went to college at Marquette in Milwaukee. And so I really love Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee's cool. Yeah. They have a good punk scene. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I don't know. (laughs) It's definitely, I'm, (laughs) I like to, I'll just go to the brewery. There you go. I'll just hang out at a dog-friendly brewery with my dog. (laughs) Yes, I love that. That sounds perfect. Yeah. I love it. It's a good time. Yeah. Awesome. Where else did you live? Um, I lived in northern, or upstate New York. Whoa. um, North of Albany. In a town called Queensbury. And we were like three hours, maybe. I'd have, I may have to refresh my memory with some Apple Maps. Yeah. Um, from uh, the city, like New York City. And yeah. then I also wow. lived in western Massachusetts. Oh, my gosh. You have been all over. Yeah. And I, so most of middle school was in, up until halfway through eighth grade, was in upstate New York. And then high school and the second half of eighth grade was in Western Massachusetts. What brought you back to Minneapolis area? Um, after I, so like after I graduated, I moved back, I moved to South Dakota because my parents moved there 
when um like halfway through college and I lived there for like three years and then I wanted to live in a larger city and work with pediatrics or work in pediatrics and so I applied to several different um pediatric hospitals and I had a couple sorry that was me (laughs) I have that there (laughs) I had a couple of different opportunities um to go to a couple different cities but Minneapolis was the most appealing just because my brother was here and I had oh, yeah. I had that familial connection so yeah. I, it wouldn't be quite like starting from zero. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like Minneapolis. I, I do. I like Minneapolis a lot too. Yeah, I was just saying that um, to Nick, the studio manager, um, actually before you got here, I was like, I like Minneapolis. I don't mm-hmm. think I'd move. And he's like, yeah, Prince always says that the cold keeps the bad people away or something yeah. I don't know the exact quote yeah. but then and then he's like I'm getting out of here it's too cold <laughs> within the uh, same breath but I don't know I love I like I I don't mind the cold <laughs> I uh, should be careful what I say no. I don't like the cold but yeah. you know what it's tolerable yeah I yeah we're I all just, badasses we're like yeah. we survived that <laughs> we survived that yeah it's kind of tough because like I I don't like to be too hot mm-hmm but, um, and I don't necessarily mind the cold, but I wish the winters weren't as long. Yeah. Um, but I also, like, I love the oceans. Like, I would uh, love to too. be, I would love, my parents have moved to Florida, and so I would, mm. I'm like, oh. The ocean, though, that's the salty ocean's really nice. And, I love it. Uh, I love it. It's so great. I love the ocean, and too. And I would love to be able to go walk on the beach and, like, oh. That sounds so wonderful. And, like, the seafood. Oh, I love seafood. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Okay, so, yeah, we, I asked you, I totally forgot yeah. to ask you before, mm-hmm. but what is, but what were your top three favorite foods? So, I like, I mean, I'm down to try anything. Yeah. But I would say, overall, like, I love sushi. Mm-hmm. I love gyoza or any sort of dumpling. Yum, and me too. Oh, okay. And then, um, oh, gosh, I forget what. I had emailed you, and I forget yeah, what the what, third one was. Yeah, do we need was. to pull up what you said? <laughs> we can. I forget what I said. There was one more. But you did say something about you like savory versus, like, sweet, right? Yeah. I mean, I like, don't get me wrong, I like sweet, too. <laughs> but, like, if push comes to shove, um, 99% of the time, like, if I'm craving something, it's probably savory. Same. Yeah, savory like, is so I good. Just, it's, I feel like it's mm. more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um... Oh, crab rangoons. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, tell me about that. I just, I just love, I, crab rangoons are like, they've always been my favorite thing. Or one of my favorites. Yeah. Like, from, to get from any sort of, like, Chinese restaurant or whatever type of, Ooh. like, Asian genre type of restaurant. Where is your favorite? I know you have a oh, go-to. Gosh, no. I don't, oh. I don't really. What? Um, I, I find... First of all, I find that there has been a decrease in the amount of crab rangoons. I think, I don't know, because even though most of the time it's imitation crab, I don't even know if there's such a thing as an allergy to imit. How much fish content there Mm -hmm. is. I I think there's definitely fish in there. Anyways, um, but I find it's less common to, like, they typically have cream cheese wontons, but not crab rangoons. Yeah. And I don't know why. I think it's, like, I... It breaks, breaks my heart. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to um, break your heart. Like, what? <laughs> this is... But, but I just... I mean, at the end of the day, though, like, anything... Like, I feel like 
Like any sort of like Asian food is Ugh. so delicious. Mm. And I feel mm. like you can have such a wide gamut of like of everything. You've yeah. got pho, you've got um, oh, love like pho. pad thai mm. and any sort of noodle dish. Like and then like if you go to like more of like Pacific Islander with Filipino food, mm. you have um, like pancit, which is so good. Mm. We had some neighbors when we lived in New York who lived across the street, and he was Filipino. And I don't think anybody else in the neighborhood really like it was like a nicer neighborhood. And I don't mm. think anybody else really like reached out to him very often. He was maybe a bit more of a homebody, but my parents kind of introduced themselves and talked to him quite a bit and he they would bring us over pants it whenever they would make it oh like, this is and that's how I, when I've i never first even tried had it, it but it, it's so good it's like a rice noodle dish with like pork and veggies so oh, yummy yum. so good that's like home cooked yeah it was the best it was so yummy and there's apparently there's a filipino restaurant in minneapolis yeah in in south yeah and it's i really want to go it starts with an a yeah, I want to go there too. I drove past it's, it. I think it's on Nicollet. But it's, should we look it up? Yeah, yeah. Let's it's look it up. um, I follow this TikTok. It's called Pow. Oh, Have you, Pow Minneapolis. No. Oh, and they talk about like different Minneapolis restaurants. I send them to myself all the time. Um, but uh, so I I'm like listening to it. I almost feel like Filipino is your favorite type of any like just really <laughs> any any sort of just really it's it's just like asian food in general it's just so good poi is that it a poi yes a, okay yeah cool and it's closed oh it opens at 5 p.m i was okay. like why is it closed on saturday that's yeah. a is it permanently no yeah, yeah. that looks good yeah. so if if one was to go to a filipino restaurant what would you recommend well, I would not consider like. myself to be like uh like someone who's oh, yeah, like foodie. very super educated, but I am I, I like to think I'm a foodie and I haven't had a bunch of things within Filipino food, but I did um like pancit is great. It's a great pancit, rice yeah. dish. It mm-hmm. was really good. Um other things I'm not as edu- as educated on or I haven't had them yet. Um but I did make um apparently uh and I saw it on their menu too. They have uh, garlic fried rice, and I don't know if that kind of replaces their mm. like what they use for rice typically, mm. or mm. like exactly what its utilization is in their cuisine. But um, I made some homemade garlic fried rice, and mm. it was so good. Mm. It was so good, and I had it with these. Um, I saw them again on TikTok, and they're called mayakarang. I'm probably saying that wrong. It's Korean. But it translates to uh, drug egg. And <laughs> drug egg? Because they're <laughs> addicting. And so you soft boil an egg. So you pop them in when the water's boiling and you boil them for like, I think like nine minutes or something like that. So it's like a jammy yolk. Ooh. And then you put it in a marinade of soy sauce, water, honey, chili flake, or chilies. Like in the recipe, she did chopped up chilies. And garlic mm. and green onion. And you mix that all up and then you plop the peeled hard boiled eggs in there. And I let them marinate for like two like a two days, I think. Ooh. And then um I brought that with my last little bit of my leftover garlic rice and had those uh marinated eggs on there and a little bit of the sauce. 
It was so good. Uh, <laughs> that sounds good. So you can put it in for two days? Do you put it in the fridge or like? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say. So I, I just put okay. it in the fridge. Yeah. Oh. I think there's, they, I was looking up uh, like specific instructions. Most of the time, I think like three days max is how oh, long yeah. you'd want to keep it. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I highly recommend it. Oh, it sounds like you like to cook too. I do. I oh. do like cooking. Yum. I bet yeah. you're a good cook. Uh, I'm at least competent. Well, yeah, I it would sounds say. Like it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. Let's like being adventurous and trying new things mm-hmm. and stuff. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then you have like people over, and you can give them stuff they've never had and mm-hmm. blow their mind. Yeah. And even if you did it wrong, they wouldn't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. I tend to really like to pick really complex things to make, um, despite the frustration. It. Uh, causes in me <laughs> as I'm in the process but like I made um like have you seen the Great British Bake Off uh-huh so I I love the Great British Bake Off and there um was oh gosh what was it called I literally just had it in my head so you bake too I do oh my gosh um I used to bake my niece's cakes for and my nephew's cakes mm-hmm. for the birthdays but now that I work like normal hours and don't have like three four days off like in a weekend or whatever um I can't I don't have as much time but um I so I made this oh god it's killing me that I can't remember the name anyways it it was a uh one of the challenges like the the one in the middle whatever Mm -hmm. it's called where they don't have any familiarity with the dish or whatever and they have to just follow the recipe Oh, yeah, fun. And um, it was a hazelnut and almond dequoise, which is a baked meringue. Mm. And then um, you layer that with chocolate ganache and French buttercream, which uses egg yolks and a lot of butter. Ooh. And you just whip the bejesus out of it. Oh, my god. And then you add in a homemade uh, hazelnut almond praline. Mm. And... uh, Oh, it was a marjolaine. Oh. There we go. <laughs> yeah. You remembered. Yeah. I love that. And it was it was like a two-day process. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I don't know how they do it, but, like, I had never made one before. Yeah. How did and I don't know how they do it in yeah. that time frame. I don't know how. That's insane. I want it yeah. to be more of a casual approach. Well, yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> not in, like, a hardcore competition. Yeah. You can take your time. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I'll just make the dequoise tonight. <laughs> and then I layered that up, and I think we had it for Thanksgiving, or I forget if it was for Thanksgiving or for Easter. But I brought it, and I had to work that same night, and so I went to my but it was a later shift and so I went to my brother's house and we had dinner and then we had this for dessert and then I brought the it was super delicious but so so rich and um and then I just brought the leftovers to work oh it was pretty it was pretty great I want to work with you (laughs) I want those leftovers it's been a while since I've had a major baking endeavor though so fun maybe I should dive in again yeah I mean baking is so cool I mm-hmm. I'm not a baker but I never really I've tried once someone told me it's dry and I never made it again <laughs> never tried again yeah. I mean I've done basic mm-hmm. stuff you know but like mm-hmm. I have mad respect for bakers it's it's a science yeah. I um I got on TikTok I follow this person who's going through French pastry school oh cool and she's from the U.S. and um she kind of does like day day 45 of French pregnancy pregnancy 
<laughs> pastry <laughs> pastry school maybe you feel like you're pretty yeah, after eating you all that stuff you know, food baby yeah. um but um friends pastry school and so she kind of chronicles her experience and like different like uh entremets and yeah all the stuff that they make in yeah. school and it's pretty it's pretty cool i'm like oh that'd be really fun that's cool but i don't know if i want to like like i feel like it'd be i'd rather go to like a class <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, like a weekend thing that like every saturday for a month you like meet and spend like four hours in the kitchen or something like that Fun. somewhere like i yeah, would do that they in a do heartbeat. those like meetups right or like kind of i different think they things do exist and, yeah there's uh so the cooks of crocus hill does has classes mm-hmm. and i have a gift card for them and i haven't gone mm. i need to find somebody to go with and like want to talk my friends into it or something um and go but i think it'd be so fun to and they have different themes they have nights that are like date nights and then they have um like italian night or maybe they're doing pastry and they walk you through like two like three or four pastries and you get to i think you get to take them home with you or you at least get to eat them fun oh yeah that's the best part yeah yeah and so it's um it looks like a lot of fun it's something i want to do sometime. I think it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, is that your phone? No. Oh, wait. I heard a little buzz. I know. Oh. I heard a little, like, tinkling like, almost. Like, sound like a doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doorbell here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'd be kind of cool if, like, just throwing it out there for, like, bakers, like, have, like, a class where mm-hmm. you do, like, a Zoom. Mm-hmm. And people sign up and do a Zoom so you can, like, make dinner on like a Saturday night or like mm-hmm. make like a cake for something and yeah. you all do it together that would be so that'd fun be your really own fun. kitchen I think that'd be cool I mean of course I would never do anything like that because that but if I did mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be cool I'm just yeah. not a, I'm not a baker I love to cook mm-hmm. because you can be more creative and not totally screw it up mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot more flexibility yeah than cooking than there is the baking like, yeah you can't, like, if there's, they say two cloves of garlic, I put in five. Yeah. That's, oh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, what's that uh, delivery food thing where they, the meals that they deliver you, like. Oh, like HelloFresh. HelloFresh. There's Green that? Chef. There's a bunch of them. I do Green Chef. Okay. And I do, like, one, maybe two a month. Yeah. And I typically split it with my brother, so. I, we pick two meals that my brother and sister-in-law think look really interesting. Yeah. And then, um, we, and then I keep, I make, I pick a third one and then I bring them over and we cook them together. That's so cool. Yeah. I like that. So my, my friend, um, one of my best friends, we used to live close to each other last year and she had HelloFresh and I Mm -hmm. think she accidentally clicked like the wrong button and she like got an obnoxious amount every day and like so mm. she just had meals and meals at her oh. door and she couldn't keep up with it oh, <laughs> and I'm like I, she just gave it to me and I'd rip open the ingredients just cook whatever I want you yeah. know because I'm just like there there's not enough garlic here there's not yeah. you oh, know I for always like one had meal, more it's garlic like, yeah. yeah it's just like there's never enough yeah it's like come on guys you one little clove we I need know. we need the whole yeah <laughs> garlic is good no such thing as too much no there's not Unless really? you're allergic, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Which would be a very sad thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
that and dairy. Oh yeah. Oh. I I could never be vegan. Mmm. I love cheese. Oh yeah. hi. <laughs> I know. I lived in Wisconsin for like three mm-hmm. years of my mm-hmm. life, and I really, I like it there too. It's mm-hmm. nice. It's like it's so warm. It's mm-hmm. like very homey. Mm-hmm. Homey. Hi now. Are you bored? <laughs> you hungry? What do you want? What do you? I know it's close to your dinner time. <laughs> um. Well. Awesome. Thank you for being yeah, on here. I absolutely. Feel like I feel like we covered a lot and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Okay, I'm um, okay. Say it again. I I got a neurofibromatosis. Neurofibr neurofibroma fibromatosis. Yes, neurofibromatosis. Yep. Okay, I just got to say it a few times because yeah. I was like trying to. I was like, I'm just gonna ask her how to say yeah. it because I can't. But um, yeah. So it's awareness month. So if you guys want to share some some donations. Um, yeah. Should we? send it to your team specifically i feel like um you certainly could um and uh yeah i could also i mean there's uh i could send you the email i think claudia sent you the email Mm -hmm. of um the person who took over the woman who took over her role as kind of our contact until the position is filled um and so um she like i don't I or th- they could email me and I could forward it on yeah. to her. But awesome. um, you could just pick any team and donate if you want yeah, to on just, the site. Just just donate. Anything yeah. is appreciated and very much so. And do you have um, do you have any swag that you could donate to my um, patrons? I don't. Okay. Um, like in terms of like NF swag. Yeah. Um, I could certainly talk to. She's new, so yes. we don't know exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's her name, though. I'm pretty sure it's Rebecca. Anyways, um, I could talk to her. Yeah, definitely. The woman who took over for Claudia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so bad with names until I like work with them. Enough. Oh yeah. Um, and Claudia was amazing too. Yes, she was she so was. great. She was and, wonderful. No, she's from like New York or something. Is that right? Or not from here? So she. I mean, she's based in Montana. Oh, Montana. I don't know why I thought new. Okay. I don't know specifically, like, where she's lived in the past, is but she the, was based in Montana. Yeah. Is the new girl here Minnesota-based, or is that... Um, no. So she, the, so from what I understand, Claudia's manager is kind of overseeing us for now oh, until okay. that position is filled. Oh, okay. It sounds like the position's been posted, and so they're just, until that happens, she's kind of overseeing everything. So oh, cool. we'll see who ends up in the role oh. and how that all kind of plays out, but... For right now, um, we have kind of like an interim director kind of situation. Cool. Well, yeah, it'll pan out and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and walk situation, um, if anyone wants to do the walk in September, mm-hmm. can they do that as well? Just as Absolutely. Like a you can just show up. Cool. If you want, like, if you want to walk with us. Um, I think, gosh, I would imagine I should have done more research mm. to figure out the specifics. But, like, if there's anybody who, like, wants, like, is really interested, like, if you have a Patreon or whatever you have, if they want to make a comment under, like, this post, you can give them my email address and I could connect them if they want to be more involved with volunteering the day of. And I could connect them with um, key players and figuring that out and how they might want to get involved. Um, Or if they have, like, a service that they'd want to, like, donate to the cause, like, if they're... Like any like water or oh, yeah. like prepackaged like goodies like chips or like fruit snacks or anything like that. If there's anything along those lines that they would feel more comfortable donating instead of like money yeah. or just a different means of helping out, um, that's totally an option too. Cool. 
Awesome. We appreciate anything. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> My dog is starving, and she's just, she keeps batting at me, like, yeah. food, food. Oh. Thank you for listening to Excelsior. That was Rachel. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cool. I don't know why I hit that. Okay, that's cool. <laughs>